morning and happy new year. Um, it is good to be here. It's good to be here. It's good to be outdoors. It's a little bit nippy, but uh, we are starting this new year. Um, so many people talked about the joy of closing 2020. You know, this became sort of a theme, like let's get rid of 2020. Let's leave it all behind. Let's move on. 2020 in the rearview mirror. Um, so what's coming in 2021? We have no idea. <laughs> and we have no idea. We have no idea what this new year is going to bring to us. But there are things that we can be sure of. We can be sure of God's promises. Um, today, we're going to start a new year together as a church family, like coming back to the bedrock foundation of our lives. And, and the foundation of our life is it, it's the promises of God and the work of Jesus. Like that is what like lays at the bottom. That is the unshakable um, rock that's underneath us. And so we're beginning today a three-week series called New Life in the New Year. And in this, God is gonna give us his power and his love through his promises in Romans chapter eight. So we're gonna begin with this series in Romans chapter eight. And as we begin, I wanna shout out to the kids. Um, kids, those of you who are here, uh, those of you who are also online, and boy, just a quick shout out, our families online with kids and even our single folks online. It's difficult to be online. It's easy to be distracted. There's so much that's challenging about watching TV on a screen, and I just want you to know that God knows that you're trying, and God will meet you in your efforts to try to connect to him. God has something special that he wants to say to every single person who's tuned in online, as well as the folks that are here. But for you, I just want you to know that God sees and cares about your commitment to him expressed by being with us, even if you can't be here in person. Um, so, but kids, 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 do you remember the story of the three little pigs? right? The three little pigs, right? The hungry wolf comes to eat the pigs and they all run to their houses, right? They hide in their houses and the first two pigs get eaten or they run away and they get to the third pig's house, depending on the version that you read. But uh, I think the first two pigs get eaten. Um, and then the, and it's because they built their house out of what? out of straw, out of sticks, right? And the straws and the sticks can't stand up to the wolf, and so when the wolf comes, he blows their houses down and he gets them. But the third little pig, right? The third little pig built his house out of bricks, bricks. And so no matter how hard the wolf huffed and he puffed, he couldn't blow their house down. And so it's this amazing children's story that you hear and then you remember it's about hard work. It's about wisdom. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you that God's promises are the bricks that stand strong no matter any storm that life has for us. No matter how hard the storms will blow in 2021, God's promises are the bricks in the house that will not fall down. And so we see so many of these promises in Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight is arguably the richest chapter in the richest letter 
of the entire Bible. Um, one of the people who saw Jesus risen from the dead describes the amazing power and the love that Christians enjoy even in the midst of lives that are characterized by chaos and uncertainty and suffering. The apostle Paul is the one who saw this and the one who writes about it. He's describing the Christian life as normal life that's been invaded by God's heavenly power and God's heavenly and eternal love. And so we're gonna look in this first three weeks at the first paragraph, the first four verses, and we're gonna, we see in this paragraph that though Christians are still living in the uncertainty and the chaos of this world, they are already beginning to experience the certainty of the new world that God is making. Like God is building a new world. Chad read to us from Revelation 21 about this new world. And Paul believes that if you trust Jesus, if you're following Jesus, you begin to experience that new world now. And so we're gonna start this journey through this chapter by focusing just on the first of the 39 verses today. So this is Romans 8, verse one. It's the only verse in your bulletin. And it says this, there is therefore now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So there's no condemnation. A condemnation is, it's a verdict that is required by justice. Okay, justice declares condemnation against those who destroy themselves or others or God's world. We do this by not honoring God, not following his ways. Here's the reality. If you vandalize God's world or anyone in it, justice says that you're guilty and justice demands that you be condemned. And so we could say it this way. Condemnation is the consequence of justice for hurting God God's world, or anyone in it. Now, if you get into conversations with people about condemnation, um, you might encounter people or you might think that this sounds really petty. That, like, why is God so frustrated by, you know, by, 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 by things that seem so insignificant? But I, I think actually this highlights this highlights something different about God. It highlights that God's purpose in creating the world is a relationship with us. In fact, the whole Bible, the whole Bible is about God extending the bonds of his family love toward humanity. Like that's what the Bible's about. That's what God has been doing from the beginning. He's been extending the bonds of his family love. We've said in the past, God is drawing the circle of his family love around us. And anyone who harms God's reach to the world, anyone who destroys that circle of God's love, anyone who tries to keep other people from experiencing um, the love of God experiences the consequences of justice. And so in this world that God has made, God honors our agency. He won't force us to do what's right He'll hold us responsible, though, for what we do wrong. And so what does this mean? Well, this means that all of us actually deserve condemnation. 
All of us have done things that harm God, that harm others, that harm ourselves. All of us have done things that don't express God's family love to the world. But the good news is, the gospel says that there is no condemnation for anyone who is in Christ Jesus. This verse says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And this phrase, in Christ Jesus, what this means, this means that forgiveness comes to the followers of Jesus. So no condemnation equals forgiveness and acceptance with God. So forgiveness and acceptance. That's what no condemnation means. And what that means is that God loves you and he likes you and he's on your side. God loves you, he likes you, and he's on your side. Now, some of us don't like to think about ourselves as sinners. Like the idea of, of sinner, like maybe has bad connotations. Maybe you've been in religious situations where your sins have been like sort of held over you like this weight and you just carry around this weight. No matter what you do, your sins are all there. No matter how good you are, you're never good enough. And I mean, and so some of us just sort of like don't want to think about that or think about ourselves as sinners. And, and I get that. But when a cure for a disease is available, it's safe to admit that you have the disease. In fact, it's wise to admit that you have it so that you can get the cure. Now, I want you to look at the word now. That's in, it's the fourth word in this verse. There, there is therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Uh, the word now is really special in this letter. Okay, there's a Greek word. It's the word noon. It's, this, uh, so, uh, it's a Greek word, and it translates this word, it translates into this word now, and it shows up 17 times in this letter. And every time Paul uses this word, so you can like go back through and read through Romans and, and you can just highlight the word now every time it shows up. Sometimes it doesn't actually mean what I'm about to say because it's a different word, but you'll see it and you'll know what you'll, you'll know when you get, when you catch it. Um, when every time Paul uses this word, he's declaring something. He's saying that because Jesus lived and died and rose again, a new world is being born. So this word now is saying that something is true now because of Jesus. That when Jesus lived, died, and rose again, at the resurrection of Jesus, something new has happened. And he's saying that a new world is being born it's a new world where Jesus is Lord and everything is becoming like him. So because of Jesus, this world is now beginning. And so this verse shows us something about this new world. And so in the 17 times this word now shows up, you read something, you get to understand something about the world that Jesus is building. And this verse teaches us that in the new world that Jesus is building, Condemnation doesn't exist. Condemnation doesn't exist in the new world that Jesus is building. So Paul says, there is therefore now for anyone who believes and follows Jesus, 
there is no condemnation. So all condemnation has been removed. If you follow Jesus, if he is the Lord of your life, you will never be condemned by God, ever. Now the sins of your past and your present and even your future will not condemn you if you are in Christ Jesus. So that means there's no guilt when you stand before God. Sin no longer condemns you. And y'all, this is huge. I mean, this is huge because we always seem to fall short, right? We're never what we should be. All of us have struggles. We have addictive behaviors. There's things that we feel like we're enslaved to, we're trapped by. And Paul is saying, if you're in Christ, no condemnation. There's so many sins that are described in this letter This letter describes the craziness of the sins that result from living apart from God and apart from his ways. But it also describes the sins associated with religious people, right? Religious people who are self-righteous, who are hypocritical. Like the Bible, this, this letter condemns those types of sins too. But now all of that condemnation is gone because of Jesus. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about why this is true and how it can be true. Um, I said earlier that um, the Bible is God extending his family love toward people. And so no condemnation is part of the joy of living in the family of God. If you're in the family, if God has drawn the circle of his love and you have entered into that circle, there's no condemnation for you. And in this letter, there's actually a word that's the opposite of condemnation. Um, And it's the result of receiving God's family love. And the opposite of condemnation is the word justification. Justification. And this shows that God really wants a relationship with us. In Romans 3, verses 23 and 24, this is five chapters earlier, it says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so justification means that God accepts you. It's the opposite verdict of condemnation. If if condemnation says you're guilty, justification says you're innocent. There is nothing that's against you. And so what's powerful about this is that no condemnation doesn't ignore that you've sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No condemnation means you've been forgiven of your sins and accepted into God's family. And this verse says that justification is a free gift. You cannot earn this. Whatever sense in you that wants to be good Okay, and, and, and all of us have some part of us that is in, that, that's in us that wants to be good. Man, none of that, like none of that sense of wanting to be good should ever, ever, ever try to earn something from God. Because salvation, justification is a free gift. You cannot earn it. 
You cannot do anything to deserve it. It's a free gift and it's by God's grace. And if you follow Jesus, this gift is yours. Now, when people begin to understand this, when people begin to see that the Bible actually teaches this, when people begin to see that, wait, hold on, you're telling me that wait, there's no condemnation? Like, really? Like, I know my own sin. I know my own struggles. I know my own reality. And you're telling me that really there's nothing that God is going to condemn me for? The answer is yes, if you're in Christ. But when you begin to understand this forgiveness, this love of God, this grace towards sinful people like us, like sometimes people can get uncomfortable, right? If forgiveness is free, if justification is by grace alone and it's a free gift to those who have faith in Jesus, if there's no condemnation, then won't that mean that I'm free to sin without consequences? It seems like this is a question that just about everybody asks as they grow in their understanding of the gospel. And this is where we need to remember that forgiveness and justification, these aren't abstract Bible terms. These are not designed to be um, scholarly, theological ideas that you're supposed to master and then memorize all the Bible verses that prove, them that, the, that, that prove that they're right and that they're actually in the Bible. Like, that's not what these words are about. They're not just abstract Bible terms. Remember, this is about God extending the bonds of his family love to include you. Like that's why these words are in the Bible. It's about a relationship. It's about God wanting a relationship with us. And so when you pray, like when you read the Bible, when you think about Jesus, it's like Jesus is sitting with you and he says, I love you. I like you. I see what's happening in your life and I'm with you. And there's no condemnation for you ever because you're in my family and I'm never going to kick you out. Like that's how Jesus treats us. And then if your conscience is sensitive, if you feel like, wait, hold on a second, you might ask him, Jesus, wait, wait, but what about what I've done? Like, doesn't that matter? And Jesus says, of course it matters. Of course the things that you've done matter. And he holds up his hands and you see the nail holes in his hands. He shows you his feet. And you see the holes that were driven through his nails or through his feet, the nails that were driven through his feet. And he shows you these things and he says, I forgive you. I will always forgive you. I love you. And so forgiveness doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Forgiveness, it's not doing nothing. Right? Doing nothing is easy, but, but forgiveness, like real forgiveness is hard. 
Real forgiveness costs a lot to the one who forgives. And so for Jesus, forgiveness isn't that you come and you get clean so that you can go off again. Like that's not the point. Forgiveness is an expression that Jesus loves you and wants a relationship with you. Forgiveness is a demonstration to you or it's a, it's a reminder to you of all that Jesus did to have a relationship with you. Life is really hard. Like there's things that we go through, there's difficulties that we have, there's relationship problems, there's family problems, there's work issues, there's like there's stress, there's anxiety, there's uncertainty, there's all this stuff that happens. Man, life's hard enough on its own. And then for a lot of people, religion just sort of piles on. For a lot of people, life is rough. And then when they think about religion, when they think about um, the, you know, their, their religious views, it's kind of like religion comes in and it just, it piles on. Like you're suffering already. Religion comes in and just says like, oh yeah, and by the way, you still have all your problems and all your sins to deal with. And in fact, religion sometimes says, yeah, and, and actually it's probably what you've done that's caused all the suffering and the problems in your life. I, I was with someone this week and they were going through just awful stuff. And... And I could see the problems in their life. I could also see the things that they were doing that weren't right. And there was a part of me that thought, how evil would it be for me to just start pointing out all the things that they're doing wrong right now? Like that would just be awful. And for a lot of people, that's what religion does. It just piles on, it makes it worse. It makes you just feel guilty and shamed. But Jesus does the opposite. When you're struggling, he doesn't pile on. Jesus says, I love you. I'm not going to pile on. I'm going to help you carry what you're dealing with. Jesus says, I'm taking the burden off because I'm with you and I died for that. And so friends, like every time you sin, every time you fail, whether you fail yourself, you fail God, you fail someone else in a relationship, Jesus shows you his wounds. And he shows you not to make you feel bad for putting him on the cross. He shows you so that you would know that you're loved. He shows you so that you would know that he's not going anywhere and that he has done everything everything to take away all of your sins so that you would know that there is no condemnation. He does that to make you feel loved. And that's when your heart melts. That's when your heart melts. Men and women, whether you're emotional or not, like when you realize this, it affects you. Like some people are moved to tears and they just cry in light of this love. They just can't believe that it could be true for them. And then there's other people who just who don't cry and that's fine too. You're just wired differently. 
But other people, they're moved with like this deep admiration and appreciation that says, oh my God, there is no one like you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do whatever you want because you are worth it after what you've done for me. There's no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus. So how can this verse move us forward um, this week? Like what kind of actions can we take this week to make this true in our lives so that we can experience it? I'm gonna give you just four things quickly. Um, First, commit to following Jesus. If you're here and you're not a Christian, if you're tuning in online and you're not a Christian, man, this is what he offers. He offers his family love to you. He says, we all deserve condemnation, but he took our condemnation on the cross so that we could be forgiven and so that he would love us forever. And so commit yourself to following Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I am going to follow you. And you'll be forgiven. Condemnation will lift off and you will be free. Second, spend time with him knowing that he loves you. Spend time with him knowing that he loves you. Um, And so, can you see this Jesus? Sometimes we have a view of Jesus or of God that doesn't quite fit what this verse teaches us. So I want you to come, I want you to spend time with this Jesus who gave himself for you and shows you his wounds not to make you feel bad, but to make you feel loved. Spend time with this Jesus personally this week whether it's praying, whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's listening to music, whether it's journaling, I mean, in whatever way, spend time with this Jesus, knowing that he loves you. And then third, I I want you to ask yourself a question. This one is gonna get into your kitchen in some ways. Um, I want you to ask yourself this. Does anyone in your life need to be freed from your condemnation? Is there anyone in your life that needs to be freed from your condemnation? This is hard, but when you receive this love from Jesus, you have to share it with others. And it takes some time. There's times when you have to really experience it. And maybe the initial experience of it, it like will, it'll change your heart. It'll begin to make you feel free and loved and cared for by God. And it might take some time for you to be able to extend that love to someone else. But I just want you to ask yourself, is there anyone in your life that needs this? And maybe you can take a step, even if it's just a mental step, in the direction of offering them forgiveness and freeing them from your condemnation. It's possible, you might not care about this right now, but it's possible that you might be the one who helps them to know Jesus's love. I'm like thinking about some people now. (laughs) Um, Okay, then the last thing. 
that I want you to do this week is I want you to read Romans 8. I want you to get a Bible, get the YouVersion Bible app, whatever, read it in the English Standard Version. That's the version we use here. Or if you have another version, you can read another version too. But I want you to spend, we're gonna spend a considerable amount of time in this chapter. It's gonna take us a while to get through all of what we wanna see, all that God has for us in this chapter. And so I wanna encourage you to start reading this chapter. Read it over and over and over and over again. I mean, you can read it every day this coming week. Um, and just see, <laughs> this chapter starts in the grave of our sin and it ends up in eternity. And so this chapter will find you wherever you are. It will meet you where you are and it will carry you through all of the difficulties of this life what it feels like to be absent from God and it will carry you into eternity with him. And so I wanna encourage you just to read it and just keep reading it and ask yourself, do I see the loving Jesus expressed in these verses and how do I see him? And in what ways is he giving me assurance that he really loves me this much from this chapter? It, I mean, this chapter, it's a gold mine. It's a gold mine of the treasures of knowing Jesus. So this is the world that God is building. It's just beginning, but he's doing this right now. And he's inviting you into this world where everything is different, where condemnation is nowhere, where God is alive and he's active and he's real in your life and he's giving you assurance and confidence and security in the midst of all kinds of things that we have no idea even what to expect from this year, this you can be sure of. That there's no condemnation. That you have God's forgiveness. You have his love. He is setting you free from guilt and shame so that you can be filled with his presence. This gift, it's a clean slate, but it's more than a clean slate. It's not just a clean slate. It's a slate that is covered with messages of love and assurance from him. <clears throat> Against the uncertainty and the chaos of the coming year, this love of Jesus is certain and it's empowering. Let's pray together. Jesus, this love is overwhelming. Thank you for making sure that we could have this promise. Fill us with your love. Help this promise, this verse to push away all the other views that we've ever had about you, about God. Help us to see in your hands and feet, in your suffering, love, love pours forth, setting us free. Fill us with your love, 
and help us to experience that this week. Amen.